Welcome to the first Ballers Blog podcast with me, Charlie Hines. I'm joined by good friend and fellow sports enthusiast Oliver Tinker as we look at the players that made us fall in love with football. So, Ollie, how have you been keeping yourself busy at the moment? Um, well, I've uh, yeah, obviously Cali the house, so been playing a fair bit of FIFA. <laughs> um, been nice weather though, so I've been able to play a bit of football outside with my brothers. So that's been quite nice. Any back garden cricket series going on or? Uh, not at the moment because uh, we've been banned after oh. the uh, debacle of last summer. So apparently, and I quote, "You're too big to be playing cricket in the back garden." <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> is it a twelve-month ban then, like Steve Smith, or is it longer? Oh, and the rest. I'm, I've been told it's a lifetime ban, more similar to the match-fixing. Oh dear! Uh, <laughs> culprits of 2010. That's yeah. not gone well. No. Right, so shall we explain the premise of what's going on? So we're today looking at the players who made you fall in love with a certain sport. This is hopefully going to be a series. So today we're starting off with football. Um, so if anyone didn't know, me and Ollie wrote for a website I made called Ballers Blog. And we were thinking, what can we do to keep ourselves entertained as well as maybe entertain anyone if they decide to listen to this? So we've decided, <laughs> to, yeah, we've decided to make a podcast in the hope that, you know, we will go viral at some point, you know, because we need, we need internet fame because we're not very entertained at the moment. <laughs> so players that made you fall in love with football, what do we, what are we thinking makes a player fit for this criteria then? I think one of the main things is just, how they stand out from other players and that's not just in terms of quality it's in terms you know it could be passion could be their work ethic or it could be even their celebration anything that you saw them do and thought wow I like this so we're not necessarily just talking goal scorers are we we're talking all kinds of players all across the pitch which leads into our first segment very well which, you know, we're going to test a few segments out with this, but um, our first one is Ollie's <laughs> unpopular opinion. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is your unpopular opinion about players you fell in love with? So my unpopular opinion this week is that for a player to make you fall in love with football, they don't have to be an outstanding footballer. Yeah, when I was I like doing a bit of research, when I did a bit of research and you know, looking for some inspiration for this podcast, I was on Reddit and Quora and looking at online forums, seeing who other people thought for this category, and most of them came up with the same names. You had David Beckham, you had Lionel Messi, you had Maradona for some of the older, um, some of the older people posting. And, but there were very few people who came up with suggestions who weren't just icons of football, and I think it's you know you don't. There's so many reasons why you can like a footballer and they can stimulate your interest in football. So just to jot down a few here, you know, it could be that they show a lot of passion. Someone like Gennaro Gattuso, for example, or it could be 
an, an active sportsmanship that they do. Uh, so in terms of you know going outside of football for cricket, it could be someone like, for example. Um, another one, you know, it could be a player with a fantastic work ethic. Uh, so as you know, Charlie, I'm a very big fan of uh, former Manchester United midfielder Park Ji Sung. You, um, you may hear a yeah, lot was... about Park Ji Sung in this podcast, just to warn you, because <laughs> it is um, quite a big, you know, big thing. A big part of my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a player who, you know, would go above and beyond, put the team before themselves. Uh, and then another one could be just a particular moment. You know, that footballer could be a very average footballer, but they could have done one thing, you know, one goal, one save, one tackle that really made you think, wow, I love football. So, <laughs> essentially, oh, you know. <laughs> can we make a sound out there? Wow. <laughs> I love football. <laughs> maybe we should make that one the you know interlude in this podcast. Maybe not sure oh, I have the technical yeah. know-how for that, but I get, I get, I definitely get what you mean. Like the f- few I've listed down, maybe slightly biased, but I've you know they're not necessarily all the biggest names in the world, or maybe the flashiest players. So I feel I would well. Can is it right to agree with an unpopular opinion? But I I get where you're coming from. Thank you. <laughs> right, so should, should we kick it off with um, who are, or maybe, yeah, who a few of yours are and list them off and maybe why and when you realised it kind of was, he was the man. He was the man. Well, uh, so I've, I've noted down a few, um, and as I was saying in the unpopular opinion, there are different criteria that can be met, so some of these choices reflect some of those different ones. So there's a little bit of a theme with some. So one player was Joe Cole. Now, I feel a lot of people, perhaps this is another unpopular opinion, but Joe Cole doesn't get the respect or credit he deserves as a footballer because a lot of people remember him for the later years of his career when he was injured, playing over in France. Playing for Liverpool, not very successful Exactly, or his uh, stint at the end of his career with Tampa Bay Rowdies. But Joe Cole, until he got injured in, I think it was about 2008, 2009, was you know, an unbelievable winger. Uh, and you know, when I was growing up, you always taught the only players that can do outrageous skills and outrageous dribbling, you know, your Brazilians, your Italians. So for an English player to be able to do that with, you know, with that much source was it was quite something and I guess the moment at which I really thought wow like he's a hell of a player was the 2006 World Cup with that goal against Sweden that goal definitely Um, I was about to say that that was definitely the occasion that he came and announced well not announced himself because he was already a very good player but kind of kind of put his name up there among some of the best in the England team at the time obviously it was a very it was almost the goal. Well, it was the golden generation of that England team, and oh, he yeah. was kind of not given kind of the praise he deserved, and yeah, just the credit of how good a player he actually was. Absolutely, and I think, as I said, because of how his career unfortunately petered out towards the end, he often overlooked compared to other players from that team: your Gerrard, your Lampard, your Rooney's. Uh, but, you know, in that Chelsea team under Mourinho and then after that under, uh, he probably left around Ancelotti's time. But 
you know, you're seeing him lining up on the wing with his two sweatbands on, dribbling past players, crossing it in for Drogba, scoring them himself. You know, he was, he was a special player and he's one of those players who made you think, yeah, I, <laughs> again, I love football. That kind of <laughs> feeling. <laughs> Especially in that Chelsea team as well with just stars up and stars with your Drogbas and your Lampards and your Terrys. He was right up there and they were like, at the time, I remember when the when it was the proper top four, the proper top four. Um, yeah, they they were kind of you just hate to come up against them because you knew they had quality all over the pitch, like Joe Cole. And so, where like exactly, it was almost you couldn't pick a weak point in them. And I feel that's kind yeah, of exactly that almost that's almost part of the criteria maybe we're looking at that they may not be the biggest name on the team sheet, but they do kind of they do their role and they are gonna if you're going to get one over on them that day you've got to have possibly one of your best games of the season definitely yeah and especially if a player like Cole who was had such outrageous talent you did have to be on top of your game because even if they were having a poor game themselves they could come up with that surprise or trick or two that could just completely reverse that and if you weren't on top of your game for the full 90 minutes you know they could catch you out I will follow yours up with a fairly obvious. Well, it's more of the one, the one of the more obvious choices, as I am of Liverpool fandom. Is that the correct term? I don't know. <laughs> persuasion. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm of the Liverpool persuasion, as you are of the Newcastle, <laughs> which we haven't brought out yet. But, um, yeah, and I don't like so to my, talk about it too much. <laughs> my first one's quite obvious: a player that was in that. England team with Joe Cole, two thousand six, Stephen Gerrard, which I think I th- there's not really much that should really need to be said. I feel he's phenomenal leader of a, carried a team for years, and he scored massive goals, massive moments from very far out as well. So yeah, he's the one I'm throwing into the hat for for one of mine. I'd definitely say. Well, I'd, uh, that's that's. It's interesting that because I had Steven Gerrard down as one of mine as well. Uh, look at that. Into, exactly. Look at that. Synergy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it was it's a, you know, the sort of Roy the Rovers kind of who, you know, he's big fan, very good at football, lived out every boy's dream with Steven Gerrard. And like you said, that England team when we were growing up was... Well, it was fantastic, and it was sort of, it was in the heartbeat of that. Uh, and I noted down a moment for Gerard. I don't know what yours would be, but for me, is the 2006 FA Cup with the uh, yeah. the goal against West Ham in the final. It well, there's just so of... many moments you could pick, really, for Gerard, isn't there? Obviously, obviously you've got yeah. Istanbul, and then you've got your, yeah, as you say, your FA Cup final. But there's also kind of. The smaller occasions throughout the years where he's kind of... When those years when Liverpool were struggling a bit, dropping out of top four, kind of the Roy Hodgson days. <laughs> well, not, not singling out Roy Hodgson, you know, <laughs> a big fan of Roy Hodgson. But yeah, he didn't have his most successful time at Liverpool. But it was like in those days when he, would, when he scored a hat-trick in the Merseyside derby and all that kind of thing. It was kind of... He just... He never seemed to stop. Was the thing exactly. about him, and he was so so consistent. And then he, to blend that with the passion that he had for the team he played for, as well as the sport, and then just 
well, uh, putting maybe the Chelsea incident aside, not <laughs> the one you're thinking of, but the one where he was kind of on the edge of moving before kind of 2005 time. Yeah. Putting that aside, he kind of, for me, I can't, you can't overlook that really. No. Um, I think, yeah, he's, he's Liverpool, but also, you know, for you being a Liverpool fan, that's a big part of it. But for me, just in general, as an England fan and a Premier League follower, is you, there are many better than Gerard, And it was, as you said, you know, just passion with which he played the game, but also the ability uh, definitely has to be up there on the list. And did it in, at international level, so you can't really question that. Who, so, who, so who have you got up next then? Up next, I've got Ronaldinho. Oh, yeah. Oh, spicy. spicy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard you get that excited since uh, sausage rolls at school. Um, oh, yeah. no. For the <laughs> listeners, the sausage rolls at school were like, they, they would compete with Greg's if they were, you know, if they were on the market to the uh, general public. <laughs> yeah. Pat yourselves on the back, St. Aidan's. But anyway, I digress. This is football. Uh, so, Ronaldinho, you know, Joe, what, what, you don't need to say much more, really. Uh, you know, I know he's making headlines for the wrong reasons at the moment, but 10 years ago, <laughs> or probably more than 10 years ago, actually, because he sort of faded towards the end, but probably about 12, 13 years ago, before Messi, before Cristiano Ronaldo was a superstar, Ronaldinho and Kaká as well, but Ronaldinho in particular was just a global star because he he played the game with he looked so laid back, a bit like Zidane. But a bit like I was saying with Joe Cole, he had so much in his locker that could surprise you that you just had to be on top of your game every single time you played him. Uh you know, he could step overs, long shots, and you know how many how many players there's very few, I think. How many players can you think of that have received a standing ovation from the Real Madrid fans in a Barcelona? Can't be many. And that says it all, really. Yeah, I think it's fair to say he was kind of almost playing football on a different level at times, almost a different sport by the way he played. He wasn't kind of... He, he was probably a, a nightmare to manage, but he was so good you wouldn't care. Exactly, yeah. Just have that moment of magic where he's just doing his thing. And you're not going to be able to stop him, even if you try. So, definitely, yeah, he's definitely up there for me as well, I'd say. He's kind of... Definitely on FIFA as well. I'm just thinking back in the day when they bought in the FIFA arena mode and thought when you're logged on and you'd, you'd yeah. have a kickabout with one player. For me, it was always Ronaldinho. <laughs> yeah. Because he could do everything in the book. And then, well, he could do it in real life as well. So, he's just... A joy to watch, wasn't he? A joy to watch. A joy he was to as watch. joyous as them sausage rolls from school. He's a, yeah, he's a player who now you can you can watch a montage of you know skills and tricks from their career, and you know, there are very few players who would produce a montage quite as exciting as that. You, know, yeah. you think of Zidane, Kaka, but beyond that, Messi, obviously Messi and Ronaldo now. But yeah, he's a special player was wrong then, yeah. Yeah, and definitely like you you can make a montage out of anyone from just skills they've done over a whole career into about five minutes, but Ronaldinho's it was like 
every other game. Was, almost, they was yeah. doing that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, so... I'm trying to avoid picking too many Liverpool players in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I might have to go down that route because later on at the end of this show, we're going to pick our five-a-side team that you fell in love with. But we're only including one player from that. So one I'm going to give kind of one of my big honourable honorable mentions to is Fernando Torres. Yes. Because obviously... Growing up, Liverpool fan, that kind of me and Ollie, both twenty years old, where yeah, that that time between about two thousand six to about two thousand ten, that's your prime kind of beginning. Well, not beginning, but like really properly, almost the first football you can remember. Yeah, and he was kind of just a player you'd watch and you think he's going to score any minute, and he was just he had pace, he had skill, he had the shooting ability he could he could do everything and then he was just a good looking bloke as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he had a cracking head of hair I think for me what I always remember Torres for is obviously later on you remember him for other things like that miss at Old Trafford but initially yeah Torres was you know when you're six seven years old and you don't always have access to the TV to watch the football or foreign football He's one of those players you'd read about in Match magazine and think, oh, yeah, he's meant to be really good, you know, one of the best strikers in Europe. And then he came over to Liverpool and you thought, oh, right, well, yeah, I've heard of him. And he's better than you could have thought. Yeah. And you just play the game with such, you know, in a one-on-one situation, I can't think of many players that you'd rather have taking on the goalkeeper. Indeed, what like goals that stand out for me are kind of when he absolutely bullied Vidic against United, threw on goal, dinks it past Van der Star, holds up five to the Man United supporters and all that. And then you've got obviously, well, the range of goals he can score. You've got his volley against Blackburn that was ridiculous, kind of on the turn over the head of Paul Robinson, I believe it was at the time. (laughs) And then long-range strikes against Middlesbrough and all that, so everything in the locker. And then you've got the 2008 Euros where he was the the star man oh, yeah. from everyone. And winning goal in the final as well. Indeed. I remember, for, obviously, England weren't there, so I decided to support Spain and did a knee slide across my lounge <laughs> or living room when he scored severe carpet burn. I can That's picture my only not very fond, Not very fond memories of that moment, but... Apart from Perhaps that, this podcast should come with a safety warning. It should. Don't, don't do knee slides. Don't try these moves yeah. at home. Responsible knee sliding only. Exactly. Uh, um, so, <laughs> we've had some responses on Twitter, actually. Have we? You know, we, we're making waves already. Making waves. So, we had Owen, who agreed with Fernando Torres and went on about the moments that made him fall in love with him was kind of the whole look of the the headband and the way he played and also that Nike advert Yes, where, you know, everyone just loves Fernando <laughs> Torres. Then we also had a reply from at Chill Team Joe, proper name, um, who threw quite a few good shouts. He agreed with you, actually, saying Joe Cole. Oh, very nice. Um, and then he also went with David Beckham, you know, more, you know, 
you probably your odds on favourite maybe if you're doing this kind of thing. Yeah. And then he also threw some other very good names into the hat with Rivaldo. It's a little bit before and our then, time, but that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll every, every opinion is welcome here. Oh, of course, yeah. Podcast of the people. Podcast of the people. <laughs> just not, not that there are people listening, but we're, we're not, just talking we're to ourselves at this here, time. Are we? Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> As we you know, sausage rolls are our diet, so Exactly. Um and then the final name was quite a good one. And it was Paolo De Canio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See for me, Paolo De Canio's the Sunderland manager who knee, did knee slide down oh, the top side at St James's Park, but as a player, I, I, <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. But then, well, he did have that personality that was kind of love him or hate him, really. And I remember we did a uni thing with Harry Redknapp where he was asked about Paolo Di Canio and he said he was just a volatile player, but on his day, he was just one of the best and he could produce literally something out of nothing almost kind of same as Ronaldinho could you wouldn't mess with him just let him do what he does and at the end of the day he produced something magical yeah he seems to play a little bit a little bit like uh, Gianfranco Zola when you see highlights of him you know, mm. or Cantona as well in the early years of the Premier League you see these you watch Premier League years you see these highlights and you know they, they seem to play the game with such you know, almost looked effortless. I mean, it looked so easy. So, on to our next segment that, well, I hope is a segment because I, I've asked Ollie to get us an interesting <laughs> fact about today's topic. I'm not sure what you've got or if you've got one, but if you have, take us away. So, my interesting fact this week needs, requires a bit of background first. So one of the players I had jotted down was Peter Crouch because, you know, obviously everyone loves Crouchy on the pitch and off the pitch. Indeed. But as you said, you know, that period 2006 to 2010 when you know, your first football memories. And for me, Peter Crouch, it's that, that goal against Trinidad and Tobago at the World Cup. and the row... I'm not, not sure they would agree with... Well... With that, there's that, and the, <laughs> and the uh, the robot dance, the celebration, you know, Indeed. everything about. So you know, Peter Crouch, one of those players. But my interesting fact about Peter Crouch is, did you know that Peter Crouch isn't actually the tallest player to have played in the Premier League? Oh, oh. <laughs> carry on. So there are actually <laughs> two players taller than Peter Crouch. Can you name either of them? Um. Zigic, that's correct. I want to say, yep, Nicholas Zigic, oh. six foot seven and a half. Um, and then there's one player taller. He's a goalkeeper, six foot eight. Goalkeeper. Oh, I was going to say Mitroglou or called <laughs> that played for Fulham. Oh God, he's <laughs> a goalkeeper. Yeah, formerly played um, for Sunderland. Oh, what's he called? And Man City played for. Um. I'm being really thick here, I reckon. Oh, God. Would you like to know the um, answer? Go on, then. No other than Costel Pantelimon. A staggering oh. six foot, eight inches. Shocking for me. I do apologise. 
So yeah, that's that was fairly poor. Always interesting fact of the week. When we were planning this um, interesting fact segment, um, Ollie had the provo- proposal that it should be called one for the ladies <laughs> because you know, <laughs> single man himself, you know. We believe that the best way to kind of entice the ladies is to produce great sporting facts, <laughs> such as that kind of fact. So whether we change the name of the segment is another issue, but thank you very much for that You're contribution. You're <laughs> And n- now it's, you know, turn the tables and I can test okay. you a bit, because the next segment, oh... Segments all over. What creativity we have. Like chocolate orange. <laughs> is, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> the chocolate orange podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by Terry's. Is uh, testing Ollie with this week's Ballers Blog Top 5. You know, because you're basically like a seal. I'm making you just do tricks and I don't do anything really. Dance monkey dance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dance monkey dance. But you're... The Ballers Blog top five you have to guess today are, you know, I thought players you fall in love with about as the the time period we've been talking about that kind of 2006, 2010, what do we also all love? Can you guess? Uh... <laughs> match, match attacks. attacks. I'm, I'm a... Match, match attacks. So I don't want to know what you were thinking of. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. We all have a bit of a Jason Derulo. But my question to you is, can you name the five top-rated or the best cards from the 2007-08 season to the 11-12 season? Is this just on... So we're talking... Is this just on attack or defence or combined? Well, now now you see, these are the 100 club cards. Okay, Top five. And the, they are not just any 100 club cards. They are the big ones that are 101, 101 oh, on wow. both stats. Okay. So we're talking kind of the best player from that kind of season. And they're all different players, so there's no repetition. So shall we start with 2007, 2008? So what? United won the title. That it, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. No. No. <laughs> this could be a long second. Could be a long set. <laughs> Just guessing up. Would you like a clue? Go on then. Um, he plays in the same colour strip. Is he a Liverpool player? Yes. Has he already been mentioned in this podcast? <laughs> yeah. He scored the winning goal in the Euro 2008 final. No. Is it Steven Gerrard? It is Steven Gerrard. That's funny because that's one I did really go for him, so that's good. Um, so, 2008-2009. If this one's not Ronaldo, I'll be surprised. Well, it is. I love football. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right, next season, 09 to 10. So Ronaldo's gone to Madrid by now, so Indeed. let's see. That's probably Pete Rooney, isn't it? Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Yeah. 
unfortunately, it's Fernando Torres off the back of the uh, Euros. Fuming, fuming you are. So now, the 2010-11 season, what do you think? So Chelsea have won the league the year before that, so I'm thinking it might be a Chelsea player. Thinking that it could still be Wayne Rooney. I w- See, if it was Chelsea, I would <laughs> say someone like Lampard or Drogba. I would say you're cold with that answer. I'm cold. A bit cold. Okay. And cold. Well, think about this logically. If they're both 101 for both attack and defence, I think it's unlikely to be a defender. So, well, no, it's just yeah, the true. Best card, isn't it? Torres true. Doesn't have 101, <laughs> <laughs> 101 defending. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go for Wayne Rooney. That is correct. Oh, yes. On a roll. On a roll. I think what's that? That's three, three out of four. four. That's not too bad. Not too, not too shabby, Lonzo. Um, and then we've got 2011 to 2012. Maybe someone like Gareth Bale. Uh, season he had into. I'm gonna have to go with Wayne Rooney again. I can't look back. Can't look past. Sorry. Is that your final, My final answer? answer? Yes. Unfortunately, you did actually mention him. 2011, yeah, 2011-12 now. And it was Gareth oh. Bale. Should have stuck to... I thought, I thought, no, it wouldn't be Bale because he'd only had one proper strong season. See, I was quite surprised when I was looking that up, actually. That's a surprise, yeah. Yeah. The, the more, more you, you know. know. Well, I'll go... I'll... Right. Tell my mum that fact. I'm sure she'll love it. Helen will love that. She will absolutely love it. Because Helen loves football. (laughs) But she loves it more than back garden cricket. Can't argue with that one. Right, so moving on to our final area where we're going to decide our five-a-side team for today's topic. So, shall we do it position yep. by position? The rules are that you're not allowed to choose two players from the same team that they played in, if that makes sense. So, I can't have Torres and Gerard. I couldn't have... And I couldn't to have Patton Ben Arthur and Papi Cissé, as tempting as it is. Bang on. <laughs> the source. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right, so would you like to take us away See, with the goalkeeper, goalkeeper for this criteria? I thought it was quite a challenging one. So I went for... I mean, you might have a different idea. Indeed. A, sort of a left-field idea with Paddy Kenny, because do you oh. remember the famous chant about Paddy Kenny? I don't, actually. A bit of a Go classic on. football chant, but not the most flattering. It was that Paddy Kenny, probably one of the goalkeepers... Often ask him if he had ever seen a salad or claimed that he never had. <laughs> As a kid watching football on TV and him obviously brings a smile to your face and makes you laugh that you know it's that football mentality. So 
yeah, I thought Paddy Kenny in there is my goalkeeper. Very nice. I've I would like to say I've also gone slight well, not left field, but you know, not obvious with this one. And I was trying to think kind of I, I couldn't bring myself to pick like a Van der Sar or whatever from <laughs> United. Um or may, maybe could have gone with the Petter Czech. But I decided to go with Yuzi Jaskalainen from his, from his Bolton days. All the days. What a man. Um, <laughs> all the days. But he was just... I, I just remember watching him on... You know, you'd, I, I wasn't old enough to stay up to watch much day on a, a Saturday night. Oh, so I watched it on a Sunday a morning at nine o'clock or whatever. And I remember... I remember getting up and you watch Bolton and the, the two, well, I'd say the two best players were Jaskalainen and Kevin Davis. And love oh. big, big Sam to death, but their tactic of just lumping it into the box to Kevin Davis for a flick on header was very entertaining to watch, but then they had to rely quite a lot on Jaskalainen and just the way he kind of, almost kept that team afloat at times was ridiculous with kind of he reminded me slightly of a, a spider kind of managing to spin himself from one side of the goal to another what a metaphor that doesn't really make sense but we'll go with it but yeah um, shall we move on to the defence so defenders I I didn't actually have any defence about because yeah, I'm a big big believer that defenders individual world and things um, I ended up. Um, I remember before. I think it was probably before your. Some there was talk that you could send off, which never materialised. To me, you know, and command the defence, command respect from his teammates, and you know, good on. So my thinking for a five-a-side team was: if you played someone like Gerard a bit deeper, then you've got more room for other players in front, especially five-a-side where having a solid defenders not really a priority. You want someone who can play the ball as well. So I went with Gerard at the back. Very nice. I have also gone with Gerard in my team, but he's one of my midfielders. But in my defence, I have gone Ashley for Cole. Ashley Cole. Because, you know, you can say what you like about his personal life. That's his personal life and all that happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure all the Arsenal fans will love this selection <laughs> as well. But I just think back in the day, there was no better left back of that time than Ashley Cole in terms of kind of the kind of attacking prowess of him. How he kind of, he, he's almost, well, he's not revolutionary. He hasn't revolutionised this at all, but he's kind of created the mould of the kind of modern day kind of full backs that they can get forward and then intertwine with the attack and growing up watching that for England especially you're kind of like if he gets up there something's going to happen and he always I remember one moment that stands out for me was his goal against Sunderland I can't remember where it was it was either a a few one-twos or he managed to dribble through everyone then he just chips it over the keeper was like I think it, it was in top 10 goals a season or something like that but yeah big fan of Ashley Cole like, in his day um, I read I read recently I can't remember where it was and who'd said it unfortunately but 
I couldn't help agree with it was that they were suggesting that out of that England golden golden generation under you know your Gerrard, your Lampard, your Rooney, your Beckhams, that Ashley Cole, even though the rest of the players were world class, Ashley Cole was the only player in that team who was true best in the world in his position. So I think he's yeah, a very good pick. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I should be a manager, me. Um, even, though he's even, even though he's retired. Well, he hasn't retired, uh, has he? He's at Derby, is, is he? he still going? Where was he? He was there. Like, was in, in the US? Oh. End of last year under Frank. I can't remember. Was he? I think yeah. so. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Moving anyway, on. moving on. So, who have you gone for in your Andres midfield? Iniesta, Joe Cole. Yeah, I think Iniesta and Cole, I just sort of thought that it was, Iniesta was one of those, you know, one of those players who could just do everything. You know, him and Xavi in the midfield for Barcelona and Spain, when we were growing up, best team in the world, and they were in the middle of that team. You know, obviously, you've got players like Messi in there, Puyol, Piquet, but those two could just pick out a pass, anyone on the pitch, so... And especially that goal, World Cup final 2010, one of the best World Cups of my life. Um, had to have Iniesta in there. And on the left, I still can't now decide between Joe Cole, for reasons I mentioned earlier, and Hatter Ben Arthur. But in the end, I've had to go for, probably go for Ben Arthur, actually, because just in terms of oh, you know, personal uh, experience, is you know, as a Newcastle fan, Hudson Ben Arthur was a really frustrating player all the talent in the world but like you said with uh, Ronaldinho perhaps the attitude wasn't always there um, so it's quite frustrating there but mm. you know growing up being a Newcastle fan has been quite not the most exciting uh, time but exactly traumatic uh, experience 2011-12 where we finished fifth you know, Cissé, Barr, Kabai, Ben Arthur was just unbelievable. That was the season I went to my first Newcastle game. We beat Norwich. And some of the goals Ben Arthur scored that season were unreal. So, got to put Hart and Ben Arthur in there. Good choice. My other goal scorer, well, midfielder is more of a your goal scoring midfielder as well as just your general yes. playmaker in Kaka. I'm not sure, you know. You can look much further. He was kind of, yeah, in that age with Ronaldinho. And he was, I don't know, he was, I don't know how to describe it. He wasn't more conventional because he was just, but I guess he was, well, he was compared to Ronaldinho, but he was just ridiculous. He could, he had pace for midfield. He could just break whenever and threaten teams on the counter. And then he also had the skills to match, obviously being Brazilian. And then, he was tall as well, so he was hard to stop. And I just remember watching him in those AC Milan days and he was just, he was unstoppable. And he kind of, well, I wouldn't say I was trying to play like <laughs> him, but you'd I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you understand. <laughs> yeah, he was just a constant threat and then he was just entertaining to watch. I'm not sure there's any other oh, way yeah, that definitely. I can describe it, really. Um, and then, right, so shall we do strikers then? So before I say forward? who I started up front, I've got to give a couple of honourable mentions. Obviously, because I've got Ben Arthur in there, then I can't include Papi Cissé, who 
when jo- who joined Newcastle when I was eleven years old and was immediately scored thirteen goals in fourteen games. Unbelievable, like that one against Chelsea. Uh, yeah, unbelievable swells on that that shot. Um, and I've also <laughs> exactly oh, the I've also to leave out Andy Carroll, who is a big hero of mine, and Dirk Cout, who you'd you'd agree with. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I've got him oh, on my honourable mention. Uh, great man. I think I like and all that. Uh, but in the end, I've gone... Actually, yeah, my... In the end, I've gone Ooh, for go Peter on. Crouch. I mean, do I, do I need, need to justify oh, that? No. I don't think I do. I don't... Um, um, I've got a few honourable mentions as well that I actually <laughs> didn't mention. They're all Liverpool players, unsurprisingly. But, you know... Yeah, They're the team you watch most growing up, the one you support. So obviously I had Dirk Cout in there. Yes. Shabby Alonso. What a bloke. Just Best what a brain bloke. in football. Very handsome man as well. Um and then two left backs <laughs> of John Arnarisa, who could absolutely spank one. Um and then another one that, you know, you would love to see take yes. a free kick was wow. Fabio Aurelio. Controversial, yeah. He, he did. He loved a free kick now and then. But yeah, growing up, big fan of him. But my strike we've gone for, obviously I couldn't pick Torres. So I've oh, gone for David Villa. Down, yeah. Who, yeah, just kind of that era of the Spanish team from about, yeah, about, well, 2007 to 20... 12? Yeah, that was yeah. their last year as their one, wasn't it? Um, so about then, he was kind of... He was, he was just ridiculous. He could he was just lethal finisher, as they say, in yeah every way. And then it's when he moved to Barcelona and they won that Champions League, playing, beating um, United in the final, oh, which yes. you know, endeared <laughs> himself to me. At Wembley um, as well. But yeah, it was just, and especially being a Liverpool fan and seeing kind of that relationship he had with Torres when they were playing, how they complemented each other quite well. And yeah, he he was always one of those ones that on the playground when you were like, when you'd play a game of football, you'd pick players. Yeah, you'd always think, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling David here. Today. Here, yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, indeed. Uh, but you know, obviously you were. Nothing of the such and a bit far off, but... Liverpool were desperate for him yeah. before he went to Barca. He did. Imagine those two up top. I would have loved to see him at Anfield. Imagine, that would have been quality. Oh. oh. With Dirk Cow on the wing. Oh. The wing. <laughs> I love football. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that's all we've got today. That I think that's been a success in some ways. Whether anyone's listening, that's another question. Good start, but, I think. Um, indeed, solid start. Thank you very much for joining yeah, me. That's fine. We will be back next week. Um, not sure what we will be talking about. We'll we'll try and plan that. I'm. I was thinking we could make this into a series across all the sports we've kind of covered on Baller's blog with Definitely. cricket and rugby, perhaps. Maybe you know. Whether we intertwine oh, rugby league into rugby, should. yeah, I think we could do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely should. Um, okay, well, but yeah, we're we're 
you know, going to put a lot of work into this, hopefully, and see what happens. So we're also started lots of socials with our Twitter, so at Ballers Blog One, and then we've got Instagram going with at Ballers Blog Sports. So if you go and follow those and this podcast, even though if you're listening to podcasts, you don't need to know this, but it's available on Spotify somehow. How they've let us get on there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Breaker, and many others, indeed. So a bit of, you know, nice listening before you go to bed <laughs> with your cocoa, as they would say, Ed, they? <laughs> What a folk. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thank you you're for joining me, Ollie. Stay safe, and we'll see Take you care. next week. <laughs>